When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. This week I'm joined again by Charlotte Duncan. Hello, my voice has returned this week. <laughs> it's another comeback for Kieran Kelly. Hello, thank you. Uh, obviously, Manchester United lost to Bull in midweek. Uh, it, it wasn't a particularly significant defeat in that, despite all these permutations, which you, Charlotte, had to rinse and check and double check yeah. and triple check. Uh, I still gonna, might have got one wrong. Yes, they're, they're, oh, I, don't, I don't know about that. I think it was pretty thorough. <laughs> they are going to go through, um, so it didn't. It didn't feel like a terrible defeat at the time. Um, but what was terrible, uh, or who were terrible, were fullbacks. Yeah. Um, Matteo in the Daily Blind. There was that great clip of Darmian putting a delivering a great awful in, cross, an, in an awful way. An break. awful yeah, <laughs> a, an awful cross in, and then Daily Blind comes at the far post, and he puts a cross in that goes out. Uh, have played for a goal kick. Um, in terms of full-backs there, Kieran, you've, you've done a piece on them. Are they going to need a kind of City-style overhaul there, where, whereby obviously City got rid of four in the summer or four left, and the full-backs have come in there, and even legislating for Mendy's uh, injury, it seems to have completely transformed their attack. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I think... I looked at a kind of like a football manager style thing where they literally in one window swapped out all their fullbacks. It was a bit drastic, but um, you have to say it's paid off, even though they're playing Fabian Delft left back, who has been one of the best left backs of the season, ironically. Um, with United, um, you're kind of feeling that, particularly with Shaw, inevitably going, it seems now that they will have to get at least two fullbacks in. Um, and that's without even addressing the fact that Valencia and Young now are, are so are getting on despite being so brilliant and being at the heart of all their creative and attack and play this season and being so solid defensively you're thinking well um, in the long run say Danny Rose might not be enough um, but the trick is United traditionally wouldn't spend that much in, in one window let alone on defenders yeah. so they're really going to have to go big this summer when you think that they're probably going to go for a marquee forward as well so um, I think It'll be a, a good test of Mourinho's footing when you think of the the Fellaini saga that's rolling on. Obviously, one of his favorite players. Um, those tensions over Perisic, over money, over contracts. Um, could this be another thing that rears its head? The fact that he'll want, you know, maybe three or four players worth up to two hundred million. Because in some ways, you've got you've got to argue that those wing back positions are just as important as getting another creative mm. midfielder because yeah. obviously when Pogba was out and everyone's saying, Oh, no one's creating any chances, if you've got two creative wing backs getting crosses in, yeah. then at least that's gonna alleviate some of the problems. Yeah. When Pogba came off on Wednesday, was it yes. yeah, Wednesday. And then you've got two players playing at the back that can't seem to cross a ball in very well that's where you've got a lot of problems because there's nobody but create opportunities in other ways so yeah. like everyone's saying oh we need a backup for Pogba but also like you say they're going to have to spend big at the back as well but is the 
the budget going to allow? Where would you prioritise out of those? It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the irony, as you say, with the, the crossing is that United have actually scored quite a lot of goals from, from crosses this season. Um, and Darmian actually, Venice to him, put a decent one in for Ibrahimovic towards the end of the game, which he, he probably could have done better with. Uh, I think Woodward said in February that there wouldn't be as much churn under Mourinho after what happened with Van Gaal, where he just he, he was utterly ruthless, really. But you look at the four left backs, um, Darmian is just going to be a squad player at best, you'd think. You'd probably say the same with Daley Blind, who's played his best football under Mourinho at centre back. Luke Shaw is the only specialist there, but He's doesn't get a look in. Yeah. Ashley Young is the auxiliary option, um, but. I mean, United will extend his contract there, but he's not going to be a long-term solution for he's it. He's 31 now, isn't he? I think he's 32, 31, 32. Um, but in terms of, of that quartet, who would you sell? Who would you sell and who do you think will go next year? I think Lashore is going to leave, yeah. but I wouldn't. he wouldn't be my choice to leave. No, that's not I would sell Darmian because I think that, like you say, Daley Blind's best football has been played in the centre. He's a useful squad player. If you got in a bit of a crisis in the middle at the back, he could step in better than I think than Darmian could in that position. Then Darmian's... I know he's been playing on the left, but he can also play on the right. But no, I'm, I'd stick with Darmian. Who would you sell? I, I'd agree with Darmian. I, 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 and, and also I agree. I think Shaw's, uh, Shaw is the one who's going to go. What must... Uh, become particularly galling for him it's almost as if there's a monthly Nunadir for sure is mm. that he was in the match they squad against Newcastle on Saturday uh, and Darmin and Blind aren't mm. then Darmin and Blind come back into the squad against Baal and they start and he's still on the bench I mean I saw Phil Neville say he's not really grabbing his opportunity for sure but he's not even getting any yeah yeah. I mean you're, you're looking ahead now and probably the only potential game is maybe that Bristol City one and then even then he didn't start either of the Carabao yeah. Cup games against arguably similar opposition in Burton and Swansea in terms of, you know, you can risk uh, rotating a bit. So um, I think for me personally, it's just whether he goes in January or the summer, I think it's gotten to that stage um, that even when he's in and around the squad, whether it be luck or fate, it's just not falling for him. Um, and indeed, when he, when he does play, he's having... He's, as I said before, he's almost second-guessing himself. You know, you, you kind of forget Shaw was this, you know, uh, swashbuckling, really enterprising, one of the most exciting full-backs in the world. And you look at him playing now, he's, he almost feels similar to Lindelof, where they've something at the back of their head. I, I can't mess up. Yeah. This is my big chance. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's almost sad to see. Uh, but I, do you, I think it would be surprising if when he does go, he starts playing for whoever he goes to play for. Yeah, he starts he's, playing he's, well. And, and yeah. he'll be unbelievable. And, yeah. and then everyone will be like, oh, why didn't Mourinho give yeah. him a chance? Yeah. But something's just, it's not working for him, That's is the it? thing. It's, it's not the first time you think of guys like De Bruyne and God knows who else. Salah. Who, yeah, Salah. You know, they, they've been reborn when they've left Mourinho. Whatever about the players who've kind of owed their careers to Mourinho, there's been loads. Uh, particularly young players who have come come again uh, and Shaw is still so young that even after that injury he's he's shown such resilience and um, I don't think I think he still has a career at the top for sure it just doesn't seem to be at United the strange thing is is that with Shaw a lot of people at United speak very positively about Seal and say he's working hard and all these you know very these platitudes that don't really mean a lot but they clearly want him to do well but the guy who matters most 
doesn't give him a look in. Um, I mean, Kieran touched upon it there, Charlotte, that maybe he should go in January. Um, United haven't extended his contract yet. They've got that option of an additional year. Is that the time to get rid of him, or do they just... Do they need to keep him just as an extra body at the moment? I don't moment? think they need to keep his, him as an extra no. body because he isn't getting used at all, is he? Like, it's only in drastic situations where he's even making the bench. Like, he's regular. You can guess he's going to be the one that's... If he's in a match day squad, like travelling squad, he's going to be the one mm. that's going to be left out. So if they, if a good enough offer comes in, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't cash in in January for okay. him. The, the other interesting thing Mourinho said... Um, He's in, in the open section of his press conference was, was about the attacking attendant of United that Valencia and Young you know he said people know they're not even fullbacks. looking ahead to next year Tony Lins said earlier about Valencia's age as well and there are issues with his fatigue he's not really playing many midweek matches do you think they need a, a fullback on both sides or do you think that there are Replacements from within a lot of fans like Fosu Mensah and Tuanzibi, but do they need a specialist right back as well? I'd say left back's probably going to be more of a priority, and if he's you saying you need special, yeah, probably in the future he is going to need another specialist right back. But maybe you could go another season. I'd say definitely Valencia's definitely got another season, and it's not like a, a crisis point, is it? Whereas left back. If Ashley Young hadn't stepped up to the plate this season, they would have had a problem. They would, and every game it would have been like, oh, who's going to start? Rather than he needs like a solid, like years ago when you, the team would pick itself, wouldn't it? And you'd know who, like ever, every single game he was he was going to start the game there, and they'd not had that for a long time. So I think left back is probably a priority over right back for now. What do well, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think. Um, as well with the, the right back situation wouldn't surprise me if a complete left field figure came in as a target because uh, with left back I'm genuinely no, interested in it yeah because I think when you think of left back it just seems inevitable that it's going to be Danny Rose yes. you know that's that's been going on for ages and I think it suits all parties. But you could create your own transfer gossip here. Yeah, David Express, please throw, call me. Throw an <laughs> <in there. laughs> um, with, with right back, yeah, I, I'm sure they, they've got names in mind. I think Valencia for sure can certainly be the starting right back for, for next season. But I think you've got to look at a younger alternative eventually. And the sooner you bed them in and ease them in, uh, the better. Because I think it's similar um, with someone like Cheerley at Celtic. Um, in some ways he'd be brilliant because he's got the right age and that but you're you're thinking you probably need someone uh, natural in that position to, to hit the ground running so I think if they could get someone along that age bracket for the right hand side mm. and have Valencia bring them through uh, whether he speaks English or not that'd be great I mean as I said like with two and Zeebian face mints again they're mm. not right back specialists no. either there so it, it is I mean there have been names like Thomas Mounier but that's I think pretty much because he likes playing this United on FIFA yeah. or something like that um, good enough reason to yeah, yeah. I know I know I know uh, on the the Baal defeat United were pretty good without scoring in the first half the second half they tailed off before Pogba went off I'd say but drastically after he went off which you know they, they do seem quite dependent on him but do you think I mean Mourinho didn't really address it in his press comments did you think the changes I mean particularly the Marshall change as well did that just seem to hand the initiative to Bar? Yeah I think United just 
dropped off. It's like, I don't know, it didn't look like they couldn't be bothered, but there was just no chances created again. And it was just all very slow. And it was like, oh, we're happy to knock the ball around and we're happy to sit here and get this nil-nil draw because then we're going to go through. And then it was like, oh no, like last-minute goal, this didn't go to plan. And I think... If obviously if that last minute goal hadn't gone in, they would have walked away like, yeah, solid solid away performance in the Great Champions winners, League. Yeah. Great winners, we've done it. And no one could have really argued with that despite the fact the second half was dreadful to watch. But yeah, I just think there was no attacking impetus, was there? Definitely in the second half. In the half. second half, no, no. Did um did Mr and Mrs. Dunker catch the at the end or had they turned I, over I actually to think they probably put I'm a celebrity on. <laughs> I'm just speculating here before I get in a lot of trouble at home. But um, I actually did say in the second half, not just about um, Mr and Mrs Dunker, but all other, maybe other United fans might have got very bored with that second half and decided to put Amir Khan's... Um, Dennis Wise. And Dennis Wise on ITV. But who knows? Not, not that we're doing that at all. But, uh, yeah. We would have if we could. Yes, yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, the, another conspicuous... Uh, Absence other than Luke Shaw, who at least made the bench in bowl, uh, was Henrik Mkhitaryan. Oh yeah, I've some harsh words to say about him in the last few yeah, I know, pods. I know, but you, you, you kind of, from the United fan within you, got what you wanted, but he's been dropped the last two games. Uh, I think in four of, in two of United's four defeats this season, Mkhitaryan hasn't started. Does that suggest that he's not a problem? I think he deserved to be dropped for the level of his performance because he couldn't carry on playing like that and just keep walking straight back into the starting level. Yeah. Something had to change. He, yeah. he really wasn't good enough. But everyone will be pleased to know I have done a piece saying why McTerry should start against Brighton, which, given he's had been dropped for the last two games, I just think there's three... It's busy week, isn't it? There's three games coming up yeah. this week. If he's anonymous again against Brighton, it's not going to be a total disaster because United have got enough in the locker to beat Brighton at home, in my opinion, with even with Mkhitaryan going yeah. and on, being anonymous again. Whereas I think away to Watford, would it affect the team more? Probably, and definitely away at the Emirates at the weekend. But if he comes back with a really good performance, I think a part of it's to do with confidence. As soon as he started having a few bad games, it just seemed to... Maybe his confidence dropped and that's not going to help anybody, is it? So if he has a good game against Brighton, maybe gets a couple of assists or a goal or something like that, then plays again against well against Watford, it's re- it really could help for the game against Arsenal next weekend. Yeah. So we're, I would risk and chuck him back in it, yeah. Great. We're, um, we're recording this on Friday before the embargoed section. Mkhitaryan has touched upon that as well. Um, a lingering issue with United, Kieran, is the right wing, which... Ironically, is where Mkhitaryan was bought to strengthen. He's not really played there this season. Is is that an area he's now got to kind of like consider? Well, maybe I need to go back there now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange with him because um, there were times at the start of the season, obviously, where he was getting the numbers and the stats that caught the eye, where he did go missing in inverted commas and he was quiet. Um, but I think the one of the key things he's able to do more than anyone that's got is come alive with the depth and come alive with um, a pass when a defender is obviously tired. Um, and once that kind of went out of his game, you know, I think it's that CSK game was probably his last really good game. Yeah, agree. Um, and that's way back in September. Once you take that out of his game, you're kind of like, well, a lot of people were saying, oh, what does he actually bring? And um, I think that's what he's got to do as much as anything is it's not so much the assists and goals, it's 
doing what you know potentially at the on the wing what a Mourinho winger does you know the tracking back the boring stuff that I think United fans do appreciate you know um, if if Mkhitaryan is trying to be involved and trying to have an influence that's what they're wanting to see and um, with the the right wing one it's it's an interesting one because obviously with Mata it's not a traditional one doesn't cross right. the byline um, he floats in and around similar to Mkhitaryan so. It might be interesting to see if, if they subtly swap positions. Um, would that help? Because obviously Mata made his name originally as a, as a 10, and that's where he loves playing as well. Um, but you're kind of looking at it out of the wings now. You're almost saying, well, Martial haven't been in and out of the team. Maybe he's finally got a stranglehold on the other flank, and it's actually the right wing now that's become the problem, whereas you know, not so long ago yeah. people were wondering who should play on the left. Um, so it's, it's tricky. Could you see... I know a lot can happen between now and the end of the season but come the start of next season bearing in mind United are looking at Danny Rose to come into effect their attack they're still interested in Bale who operates from the right wing when he does play for Real Madrid they still have an end of their interest in Griezmann you know it seems like they want a few lefties there but it's Mkhitaryan's going to have to pull them awfully well between now and the end of the season to be a first team the next season isn't he? Yeah I think so um on paper you would think Marcel and Rashford have the best chance of getting into a front line if they are to sign one of those superstars and um, for me personally I think the the 10 position is, is really important that if they if they got a Griezmann uh, to play off Lukaku, uh, me personally I'd rather have him than Bale, I think Bale um, as amazing as he is, you just have those doubts that that could really not go well whereas with Griezmann he's, his form apart from the past month or so has been really really impressive for four seasons now Bale you just you're taking that risk and I know it can United work, just can't quit him unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah you, you, I mean teams have taken risks on you know glassy players before you think of Robin before he went to Bayern Munich I know touched on that before how uh, injury prone he was and he proved a really good signing but I think with Bale I don't think you're going to see that Dynamism that he had at Spurs yeah. when the team was literally built around him. Um, it's almost as if like Real Madrid are thinking, there's this guy on a long contract who we spend a lot of money on, who's on a big wage, who doesn't get in our team, mm. which suckers, who's also got a poor injury record, which yeah. suckers will sign him? Well, United will probably be interested. Is it almost as much kind of a reputational thing that United should yeah, back off away from that as much? Of, of a fo- for footballing reasons, yeah. To sign him. Yeah, I think it, it'd be a really interesting to see in the summer because um, you think in the past how maybe they've been guilty of going for kind of galactico like players and they've just gone past their peaks so or something like Falcao or um, you know <laughs> even Di Maria arguably was had his best days before he went to United. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think with Bale that is a danger. Obviously. Um, you know, it'd be another state of intent, but for me personally, again, I think I put Griezmann in that kind of Pogba category where he's actually coveted by every club in the world and it'd be an actual coup because you think of PSG, if they got him, they'd have uh, Mbappe, Neymar, Griezmann. If Barcelona got him, they'd have Suarez, Messi, and Griezmann. Yeah. Do you not think that's why they go to like, somewhere like PSG? <laughs> like, you've just reeled off. I know. I was going to finish. And <laughs> Sorry. If, if United get Griezmann, United have. Um, Griezmann, Lukaku, and Martial, who you know maybe not in the Messi category, but it would it would be like a, a real statement to think, oh, we've got arguably 
one of Europe's best front lines officially now, rather than thinking, oh, do we play him right, him left, or him mm-hmm. centre? It's like, you know, it's nailed on because that's going to be the key in the Champions League already. You've seen PSG blowing teams away, um, and that will probably continue. And for all the money Nice have spent, they've not actually paid top dollar for a proven world-class attacker, mm-hmm. which is likely to be uh, an issue still. On a potential uh, United attacker in, in, in the future, uh, Andres Pereira playing, depending on when you listen to this, he'd have played against Barcelona for Valencia. Or, sent off. Or, yeah, yeah we, we don't know what <laughs> his uh, fortunes are. Positive. People, fans keep them telling us to be positive, but they, they, you know, they get uh, negativity and reality confused quite often, but um, he has been doing quite well, Charlotte, um, in, in Spain, as he did last season. Yes, which makes, um, I think... From United's perspective, his obviously Mourinho didn't want him to go, did he? No. And the injury situation, obviously, when Pogba was out, made his uh, Pereira's decision, look, decision a bit... look a bit silly, yeah. really, because he would have got games. And if he'd impressed in them games, obviously, when United weren't impressing and weren't creating anything, if he could have filled some of the void that Pogba had left, mm. that would have proved even more to Mourinho why he should be in the shout with with starting like along. Obviously, you're not gonna, he's not gonna get Matic out of the team but you know what I mean he's going to be up there with Pogba all the time so it's good to see for him to see that he is doing well in Spain but it still seems a bit of a ridiculous decision from him bear in mind the injury crisis that United have had to even go there in the first place but I think you know a little more about how he's been doing <laughs> there, Kieran. Pass it on. Um, yeah I, I see a point I think if he had gone on loan to say Newcastle under Benitez or something like that um Maybe it would have made more sense um, because I think some people would say, well, well it's not proven the league when yeah. he was arguably the one good point from Granada last season. Granada, I think uh, they only won like five games all season. They were really poor. So it was easy for him to look good in that team. But um, I think to his credit, you know, Valencia are second in La Liga. They're uh, four points off top spot going into this game. Um, and he's been at the heart of it. He started, you know, 60% of their games this season mainly playing on the wing which I think is really interesting going yeah. forward for him because um, he's you know spoken before he's happy to play through the middle but it seems um, that kind of dazzling dribbling style is never going to leave him and you think Mourinho quite purposefully in the two pre-seasons he's played him as like a deep lying player and quite tellingly on loan in Spain he's played as a winger so you kind of think if United really want to have a uh, an impact on his low move maybe they would have instructed Valencia to play him through the middle no, it's not unheard of for, for teams to have that influence but um, I think he's you know I see he almost kind of like played his way out of the future you know now because you take into account his debut was in yeah. August 2014 so that's a long time ago now he spent two years on loan like if we're looking ahead to next summer when he'll be probably on the pre-season tour of the United when they'll have depleted squad because of the World Cup yeah. so he's at an advantage there but he'll have played in the league for two years um, United's going to sign more players the competition's going to intensify is it almost as if he's kind of playing for a move to Spain rather than a future at United now yeah um, I thought I remember reading someone um, I compared him and Soler who obviously plays for Valencia as well and that you know, United could save themselves £40 million pounds by just recalling Pereira. I don't know if it's as simple as that, really. Um, I think 
you're looking at the positions that'll be up for grabs. So potentially Michael Carrick, you would think um, may go or retire at the end of the season. Then if you're looking at the wings, you know, um, could there be some movement there, whether it be Lingard or whoever. Fellaini could leave. As well. Fellaini. So you're kind of thinking. The way I'd look at it would be um, he's relying on departures at the moment and even then that's before who they could bring in. Yeah, because if they sign like a world-class yeah. winger, yeah. then he all he is going to be is a squad player. Well, and it, and if he, yeah. he's not happy with that then and he sees his future in the league and he's playing week in, yeah. week out, then mm-hmm. you can't you can't really argue with why, no. why he'd want to stay over there, and really. You, and you think how much the club already values Scott McTominay, who's um, done done nothing wrong and his improvement month by month has been, been pretty dramatic um, obviously Pereira you know a more naturally skillful player but uh, in terms of attitude McTominay has been you know one of the great academy hopes so he's got that to contend with and um, yeah you throw in a couple of sign-ins in those positions and you're just scratching your head a bit because he's not 16 he's you know he's coming up for 22 and um, he's really ambitious and it, it may be one of those where like with Pogba, he'll he'll have to go and uh, potentially come back in a few years. It, it might be one of those. He's, is there, it's not quite a Pogba star situation, would you say? I mean, in terms of the, the talent. Yeah, there, the talent. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's not on the same level, is he? No, but, but I get, I get the yeah, situation. Absolutely. There, yeah. there obviously are some comparisons Parallels. in that he could like come back, but I th- I think yeah, his future is probably going to be in La Liga, but. He's made that future decision himself mm. by demanding to go out on loan at the start of this season. If he really wanted to prove his, himself, then he should have stayed and fought, tried to fight for his place because at least then he tried. You could understand like then a year later if he's thought, yeah. well, I've yeah. had no game time, Mourinho doesn't trust in me, what's the point of sticking around here? I'm off, send me out on loan or sell me or whatever. Mm. But he came back after that impressive loan spell at Granada, Mourinho was willing to give him a chance and he was like, no, I don't think you're going to give me big enough of a chance to send me out. And so I think that's probably, as long as Mourinho's there, I think that's probably yeah. going to be it. Yeah. It was telling you he was the only loan player coming back. You think it's like Guillermo Herrera who <laughs> was cast aside uh, unmercilessly. Um, he was the only one really to be given a shot when he came back and I thought that was telling and you know, Mourinho spoken about potentially being a United great, but I think it's 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 all in his court. Now, yeah, I mean, in fairness, Mourinho, I think he he bracketed him with Dimitri Mitchell, who last I saw on Instagram was nutmegging people in the street, which is not, not the kind of comparison Pereira would probably uh, want to be bracketed with. But he, he's certainly a talent above um, some of the other United youngsters there. Um, again, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it could be after United have lost against Brighton and Watford. It could be after United have beaten Brighton and Watford. Um, but I suppose the relevant question, Charlotte, would be do United need to win these next three uh, Premier League matches to have any chance of winning the league? Yeah. And I know that sounds soon, but of course we're building up to that derby on the 10th of December. I think yes, because I can't, the way City are playing, I can't see them slipping up. The City-Leicester game, I, there was a moment and I thought, ooh, is this, is this going to be it when City actually don't win and then United can capitalise on these drop points and then you're like, and no, then, it's not. Yeah, that tapping And then here he comes, yeah, yeah, great team goal. <laughs> and then De Bruyne again and you're like, great, no, comfortable win where you, th- where you thought they might have gone and dropped points. So because I can't see City dropping any points, United have to win every single game. You can't game. see them dropping any, any well, points. I can, 
But because I, if you're being hopeful for the derby, you'd at least hope you know, could maybe get a draw out of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do think they'll drop points. But my point is, if United are going to leapfrog them, given that City are already yeah. eight points ahead, to keep even keep up the pressure on them, United have got to win every single game. Does it say a lot about the, the, the maybe chasm or gulf are too strong words, but certainly the gap between City and United that City went to Watford and battered them six 0 United going there next week, you're not you're not certain that they're gonna even win that game. Yeah, you'd think maybe like a edgy two one victory yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're lucky. Um yeah, I think well City have been demolishing teams this season and United I know it's all the comparisons you know at Cantonal tonight has he? because he's got his book out so he's talking to everybody and everybody everybody, everybody apart from the uh, written press of course yeah everyone who's got a video camera yeah. um, and he's obviously come out and said he loves Jose but he loves the way City are playing and I don't just think that the other Premier League teams can't cope with that full on attacking play they're just now, I'm not saying they're standing off and City aren't very good. City are playing very well, but the way they're playing and demolishing all these teams, it's just not something United are capable of at the minute. Even when United were winning like 4-0 at the start of the season, their performances then, compared to how City are playing, there's no comparison in the way in the way that they're playing. Like Yes, they were convinc- convincing victories from United, but they weren't. it still wasn't like demolishing the teams in the way that City are doing. So I, I do think there is a big gulf there. Do, am I convinced that United can't catch City up? No, I'm not, because I don't think City will go the whole season unbeaten, but it's just waiting for that moment where you think the wheels are going to come off and at the moment they're not. Is it a bit of a reputational thing as well? I mean, City are brilliant, but they're, they're playing Huddersfield um, on Saturday and Huddersfield obviously beat United, yeah. deservedly so. But I would be surprised if Huddersfield managed to match that performance level against City yeah, because they were yeah, they always let's, let's face it they game. are a smaller yeah. club United have that massive reputation when they come to town you want to put on a show for your fans Yeah. so if they benefit from that City maybe a little bit but City are very literally have been very impressive this season but that's been the case for years at Old Trafford isn't it like yes. these teams come and they're they're going to get relegated and they literally play the game of life yeah. like the goalkeepers especially they <laughs> Richard, come, Richard Dunn come was and, yeah and like play out of their skin and you're like where has that come from like if they played like that week in week out you wouldn't be getting relegated Darren but Rundle. yeah they just yes. they come there and they like fully up their game but maybe if City walk away with it this season that'll be next season that they'll be suffering from that as well because they'll be the team to beat yeah the, the, the one who uh, really does irk me is that Stoke striker, is it Chupo Moten, who scored twice. <laughs> I don't think he's scored since against um, against anyone since those two goals against United. Uh, we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, thank you very much to Charlotte and to Kieran. Uh, thank you also for listening. Uh, our podcasts are available to subscribe from on Audio Boom or iTunes. And if you could uh, please give us a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated since apparently boosts our ranking on the podcasts. Thank you very much for listening.